Well, Tommy, we're here. All right. Again? Is that uh, what I'm supposed to say? Uh, yeah, Ham Nirvana. Ham Nirvana. Yeah. yeah. That's what's on the spot anyway. Yeah. It's Dayton Hamvention 2019 from the Green County Fairgrounds in Xenia, and Ohio. And the four-foot mud pit. And the four-foot mud pit. I'm with the four-foot mud pit. <laughs> Mud's not too bad today. I mean, there are some muddy spots, not not like in years past. No, I'm just kidding. It's it's not that bad. There's a few places where you turn to go down the parking lanes, but other than that, it's been pretty good. Yeah, and it, we're shooting this uh, in mid-afternoon on uh, Friday. Uh, people are, are still coming and going. We're just now pulling the cameras out because we've been doing a little perusing and a little purchasing. A little shopping, yeah. A little shopping, a little... Uh, Handshaking the whole thing. Yeah, got a few pictures taken. Yep. So what did you get? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do that already. Nah, let's wait because we might get something else. Yeah, let's, yeah, I think it'd be good. We'll just have a roundup at the end. The night's young. It is. The night's still young. We hadn't burned anything down yet. Yeah. And so this episode apparently is going to be full of inside jokes. If, yeah, if you haven't so watched, if you, yeah, if you haven't watched it before, you're gonna need to go do some catching up. Yep. Because it could be something important that you miss or not. <laughs> so, oh, let's go on in. Okay. This is Amateur Logic, episode 131 for June 15th, 2019. This episode of Amateur Logic is brought to you by MFJ, the world leaders in ham radio accessories at mfjenterprises.com, and by ICOM. Contest from home or remotely and create your own band opening with ICOM's newest SDR transceiver, the IC9700. Well, greetings. Welcome to another episode of Amateur Logic. I'm George. I'm Tommy. Yeah, I'm Emil. And this is going to be our special wrap-up edition of things we did on our summer vacation. Well, actually, things we did at uh, at Hamvention. Yep. Yeah, it was a good trip. I had a, had a really good time this year, as always. Yeah. Emil, we missed you, but uh, one of these years... We're going to get you up there. Next year. Specifically next year. Yep, That's already got a room. Oh, okay. Oh, do you? Awesome. Cool. Uh, we brought... Hopefully we'll go. Ooh, I'm, so. just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> They're planning on going. Yeah. <laughs> we picked up a few things while we were there. Um, let's just... You, you say, let's go ahead and get that over with now? Yeah, why not? Okay. Yeah, to keep everybody in suspense. We're going to do one at a time, or it's going to be like... Christmas and just there's mine in the this box time. right here. Mine's still in the uh, meals to go bag that I <laughs> brought it home in. I, I must have needed this stuff real bad because I hadn't even taken it out of the bag when I bought it. I've been well. I'll just sit it. That, that rattling, rustling probably sounds pretty bad, doesn't it? It is. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'll agree. I don't think I got this rubber band there. <laughs> I should have done that before we started. Hmm. There we go. I spy an SDR. You do? I do. Okay. That's most of mine. Cool. What is, uh, let's start out with the little stuff, Tommy. What little stuff did you get over there? I guess the littlest I got are five Raspberry Pi heat sinks. Well, mm-hmm. I just happened to have five of them there, too. Oh, you matched me. Okay. I think it must have been five for a dollar or something. It was like five for two bucks. Oh, is that what it was? These aren't the best heat sinks or the largest I've ever seen. They would, uh, but neither are raspberry pies that they go on now. There, there's something you can stick on there, though. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, maybe it'll dissipate heat, may help a little bit. Uh, let's see, what have I got here? Well, we went to a place there. What was the name of that tent? Was it ESL? Yeah, actually, I think that's what it was. There was a tent there, uh, for some guys from ESL. And boy, they they had a lot of good stuff. Email. They had a lot of uh, a lot of surplus Radio Shack stuff. I, I mean, a and lot of it. And some good stuff. And some good oh, that's stuff. Nice. They had some surplus MCM electronic stuff. And this right here, this is um, well. These are some stereo mini jacks, or what? Yep. What is that? One eighth inch. Yeah, eighth mm-hmm. inch. Yeah. Uh, they, the ones that Radio Shack had were good, and it's hard to find these anymore. So, I think they only had one pack of them, so I bought them out. You bought every, bought all of them they had. All of them they had. Yep. Here's one thing I got. This this was free email. <laughs> the Don Wilbanks tattoo. Yep. Finally, finally something free. Got it. All right, check. <laughs> got a uh, little condenser mic element. Um, for for an Arduino project that I'm going to be doing. Oh, condenser mic. Okay. Yeah. Show us those heat sinks again. Man, I got a slew of them. You know how many a slew is, right? It's about five, that isn't many. it? Yeah, just about that many. <laughs> you got some blue ones too. All mine well, were just silver. Tried to mix it up. I didn't want to be exactly like yours. Yeah. So anyway, they okay. look pretty cool. They they uh they make great gag gifts or gag things if you put them on the stairs. Yeah, oh yeah, for barefooted uh, <laughs> people. I got some of these. I got two Ooh, of them actually. Those. Oh yeah, those are good to have. So two thirty nines to SMA. SMA especially, yep. especially with that uh, SDR you got over there, George. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we're working from the cheap stuff up, Emil. I was hoping you wouldn't <laughs> I, notice I that. It. It's too late for that, buddy. <laughs> what else you got, Tommy? Well, I bought some of these little uh, BNC con- connectors, I guess you'd call yep. it, for, for using with my scope and st- so forth. 
If I had seen those, I would have got some too. That's the male BNC connector yeah. with screw terminals. Yeah, and so it looks like that could be kind of handy to have around. Very handy. I've got some RCAs and some power connectors like that, but yeah, I've got some of those too. In fact, I think you no BNCs. Yeah. Well, let's see what else I've got here. Well, email you'll you'll probably approve the price on this as well. I got some WTWW stickers. Nice. Five zero eight five. As a matter of fact, I think I sent you something weird in the mail here. I don't yeah. remember what it was. I got it. It was a QSL card. Um, <laughs> good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not that you had actually listened or, or or whatever it was. It. <laughs> I just needed to stuff something in that envelope. <laughs> what else you got there, Tommy? Well, I got another BNC connector. Oh, that's uh, with those twist terminals or banana. Or banana, banana terminals yeah, or jacks. So that's cool. good for my scope as well. Yeah, that's not focusing very well. There you go. Yeah, that'd be handy. Yep. Uh, yeah, I guess for I antenna price. as well. Both of us got these. You got this too, didn't you? Oh, yeah, I'll match you somehow. <laughs> yep. Oh, nice. KD2DZZ, uh, Kenneth gave yeah, these How do you us. like that QSL card? It's actually a patch, like an iron-on type patch. Yeah. That's uh, probably the first one of those ever. Pretty unique. First one I've ever seen. This cool. is net control. There's a hat that that's got to go on somewhere. Yep. Yeah, it is. <laughs> So what else you got over there, Tommy? Oh, are you out? No, I'm not oh, out. Okay. We're just going in order. I'm trying to be fair here. Okay. Well, I've got an Arduino record and playback module. I have no idea what I'm going to do with it, but something. You've got it. I, I, I predict you're going to record and playback something, something on it. You know, he's like a wizard, isn't he? It's, it's not only I mean, not only is he cause compliance officer, he kind of watches out for the future. In the future as well. Wait, yeah. did I see eight dollars? Hold on a second. Yeah. Oh, Is that too much? Okay. <laughs> it's record and playback, so that's like four dollars each. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll put it in two different columns. Hold on. I got I got one of these, and this. Have you ever heard of those? Hmm. A Wilson Pi audio card. Uh, I certainly have. This was seventeen bucks. I think they were around forty dollars, maybe, mm -hmm. originally. And oh, it's analog. Check my size. Yeah, analog inputs and outputs plus digital. Uh, these were like a really high quality uh, Raspberry Pi audio card, uh -huh. and they don't make them anymore. And that's probably because they won't work with a Pi three, which is what I had hoped. <laughs> to to plug it into yeah. yeah so so I might have to revive hold one. it up hold on hold it up oh, George I need to measure this to get a size to price ratio <laughs> well here okay I got it two, two. by three okay seventeen dollars I don't know it's gonna be close I wanted one of these back you know when the Pi one came out yeah me I too I came real close to buying one I was gonna use it for the um, if your uh, Echolink 
pie stuff worked out in the first version of it, I was going to get one of those and try to use it for it. Yeah, it was a little fancy for a, for an Echolink audio yeah, card. Yeah, the audio quality is supposed to be really great on it, though. It is. And it's, oh, it plugs into the header? Mm-hmm. Yep. And okay. it's a shame it won't work with my uh, Pi 3. But uh, I, yeah, I've still got uh, original Pi and some... Uh, uh, Pi 2's around here, or Revision yeah, I think it only works for the is. 1, Revision 2. Well, I've probably got one, because I've, I've still got all my old Pi's. Did you get anything else, Tommy? I did. I got, uh, this is kind of, like, unremarkable, but it's, uh, if it's you need another it. breadboard. Uh, I kind of have a little shortage of those. I've got three of the small ones that are about half that size. Mm -hmm. And I, some, a lot of times I use them and jump them together, but this will give me one bigger one. Plus, I've got a huge one, too. So Now, let Emil get a look at that price there. Yeah. Five-ski. Five-ski. <laughs> I don't know, Emil. What do you think? I'm I'm thinking I'm, Monday comes around, we'll be talking to HR. If there's anybody in the <laughs> chat room that can send us in a resume. <laughs> well, looks like Tommy got a lot of... Uh, Raspberry Pi and Arduino stuff, so I got one here too. This is one of those little, well, oh, yeah. four relays. I forgot you got that. Uh, let's see, double poles, no, single pole double throws. I believe that's opto isolators on them. And you can use these with either uh, a Raspberry Pi or an Arduino or just about anything you know, you've got. Is that a five volt or? Three, three point three volts. It is probably a five volt, but I don't know for sure. I actually bought one similar to that when the Radio Shack had the going out of business clearance stuff up here. Yeah, I don't have my my high powered spectacles. What does that jumper there say about it? You don't have your high power ones either, do you? That's pretty tiny. JD VOC. JD VOC. There you go. That's what it is, all make, right. Make a note, Emil. Got it. Now, I paid $8 for that. I'm thinking that was okay, but that wasn't an astounding price. I mean, that was. Yeah. Uh, I just needed it. Astounding. Because you never know when you're gonna gonna need to control something from your Arduino that you don't want to hook direct to the TPLs. Well, there you go. Now you can Those do it. Those are convenient. Uh, oh, you've got something else there, don't uh -oh. you? I do. I have. Uh, I bought a little Arduino LCD touchscreen display with the little stylus thing that uh, I hope works. So if it does, that's going to be better than that Arduino. Touchscreen display I bought that wasn't a touchscreen. Yeah, so we'll see. <laughs> it was labeled that way. Uh, but with the stylus, I'm going to say there's a good chance maybe. There's a good 50-50 chance that yeah. uh, it could happen, so we'll see. Yeah, that that could work out good. Yeah. Uh, I, I also got, well, he's, he's keeping count there. Uh-oh. <laughs> I got one of these. And as a matter of fact, I think I've got two, two or three more of these. Some I got for work. This is those Raspberry Pi cases that uh, MCM Electronics sold. 
and I was telling you this ESL place had them. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of MCM stuff, so uh, I got a good deal on that, although it's not marked. I don't remember what I paid for it, but it wasn't much. And, and I like them, because you can see the LEDs and everything that's going on in there. Yeah, I had hoped those MCM guys were going to be out there again, but I guess that's a thing of the past now. Um, I guess so, or else we didn't. We just didn't go in their tent. There's a chance that could have happened. Well, I, I looked for them. But, Did you? Well, this could... I could have missed it, but I don't think they were there. Now, are you I down got, to your final I've item? I'm down to my last one. All right, Amelia, cover you can't your eyes. look at this one. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, I got uh, one of the Zoom Spot USBs. Uh, wow. So. Oh, dear. I was looking forward to that. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how much it cost, Emil. But well, it actually, for what it is, it's actually reasonable. Scientific numbers. Very reasonable. Now, is but that... The real one, or is that the counterfeit one? Nope, that's the real deal. We got, but uh, it's pretty slick, man. And uh, I'm gonna be doing a segment on it here pretty soon. But it's it's pretty little. Yeah. And that uh, way, well, I keep it in my computer bag for work, and uh, I don't have to. Well, I, I've been carrying my DVAP around, but this actually has a little bit more capability than the DVAP. Is that a UHF? Yeah, it's UHF. Cool. But anyway, I'm pretty excited about that. But you're not going to tell them how much. It was. <laughs> I mean, cover your ears. <laughs> Actually, it was like one o. I can't. I honestly don't remember. It's like one o nine, maybe or something. But it's pretty yeah. reasonable. What, what was, was that? It? Three digits. One. I a dollar. One o. A dollar nine. No, it was. It was three digits, Emil. <laughs> and I got. I got another one of these. I I had some before. And they were really good. And you have to be careful when you get some of these right here. You don't want to get the wrong ones because your Raspberry Pi will flash up a little yellow lightning symbol on it. Oh, yeah. I've seen that. Telling you that you, uh, your power supply is not adequate. These are some that MCM used to sell. It's a 5-volt, 2.4 amp here with micro USB. Perfect for power in your Raspberry Pis, twos or threes. I should have probably bought some of that myself. Can't so have too many good ones. So. That, that was a good deal. I don't see the price sticker, Emil, but it wasn't it wasn't a bad deal. I'll put it that way. Do me do me a favor, guys. Go ahead and smile. Give me a smile for uh, the HR picture here. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> now, I got a couple other things here that. Uh, but wait, there's more. But wait, see, Tommy cheaped out at this point. He did. Tommy did cheap out. You would have been proud of me, Emil. Yep. Where's the hang-up button? Since, since I bought another, and let me justify this, since I bought another Raspberry Pi case and another Raspberry Pi power supply, mm-hmm. You, you, mm-hmm. you can't fault me for this now. I mean, you... Mm-hmm. I paid the regulation $35. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I could, you know, I could say, Emil, that I, the whole time I walked around there, people thought I was crazy because I kept chanting WWED. What would Emil do? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I did show a little restraint. It, it, it's I, sw- I sweated a little bit when I bought that one because I was worried. He did. I saw him. <laughs> But uh, hey, he didn't have any trouble reaching for that wallet. I'll <laughs> I'll put it that way. Now 
I have not had one of these before, and I know Mike. See, Mike's talked about these a lot. Maybe you have too, Emil. I had to pick up one though because I didn't have anything just like this. Although I think Tommy did. I've got yeah, I've got two of them in the box at home. Yep, this is a ESP eighty two sixteen board. Yep. That's uh, what is that? I don't even know exactly what it is. Wi Fi enabled Arduino. Yep. Type thing. Yep. And the um, there's that local ham, uh, actually here. Uh, one of our guys in our That's club right. who's really into projects. Yeah. And so I got that because, you know, that's a microcontroller and it's Wi-Fi. I'm sure I will come up with some use for that. But it came with this as well. And I, oh, did it? This is a breakout board. Well, mine didn't. This, this just keeps getting better. Are you, yeah. are you just saying that because the meal's here? Did it really come with it? No, it really did. They came in the box. It was the Wi-Fi board and the expansion board. I paid $25. Now, I'm sure I could have done better than uh, that. Then you paid you paid 13 for this thing because I think I paid about 12 for these when I ordered mine. Okay. Never mind, Emil. Just just move on here. <laughs> Guys, my calculator is giving errors over here. Well, then you, you certainly want to tune out at this point. I think we're going to have to return do return some of this stuff. Is it past the return policy time? Uh, it could be. I've got, well, I've, oh, I've got pie. two more items. Oh, man. Now this, well, I went to Hamvention, man, you know. <laughs> You got to bring back some hole. I never heard him say WWED one time while we were walking around there. <laughs> I was whispering, man. Was... <laughs> I bought one of these, and this was also at that ESL place. This is a Beckman meter case. For your Beckman meter? Nice powered, yeah, nice padded case keep your multimeter in and I, I needed one for my fluke and they had some fluke ones there but they were not cheap old man compliant i bought this one for three bucks nice and he i do remember he considered you when he bought that one yep i, I do remember that thanks for, yeah you can pay me later <laughs> Well, I, I gotta say, uh, in for CEWZ in the chat room says he, he just mentioned something very important. Where I think y'all might totally, you know, get off here. It's uh, it was free shipping, right? Yes, all of this was free shipping. <laughs> hey, okay, all right, all right. In, including this item here, and this actually, I guess, where this came from England, right? Yeah, so well, I probably they make them. I probably saved a bundle on this right here, just in the shipping cost alone. I didn't have one, and I, I figured it was time. I got the SDR Play RSP Duo. It's the uh, well, it's well, you actually bought it from HRO. Well, I did, but the guy was standing there. You talked me into it. No, I didn't. <laughs> yes. Wait till you watch the segment. The segment. We. Didn't, I didn't even get through interviewing the guy. Good and George had his wallet out over there at the counter. You well. talked him into it, huh, Tommy? I see how this is. You see, Tommy has one already. Now, I'm just playing catch up. Wait a minute. I don't think I can open my mouth on this one. Hold on. Never Wait, mind. you do too, don't you? 
<laughs> what? Yes, I believe you do. <laughs> who? Who? Emil? He would never yeah. spend that kind of money on that. Well, you know, this was a few dollars more for the dual tuner. And I don't know that I really needed the dual tuner, but it was only a few dollars more. Yeah. So Come to think of it, wait, George, come to think of it, I want to mm-hmm. say the reason I got it was because of a post for Tommy. So, Tommy, it's you the one who made me get it, too. Oh, it's all coming <laughs> yeah. downhill. Yeah. And when, when I first got it here, you know, it sat around for a couple of weeks before I ever hooked it up. And I hooked it up and installed the software and looked at it. And I said, well, that's nice, but, you know, what can I do with this that I couldn't have done with my um, my dongle? You know, my, my what is it, 15-buck software-defined radio dongle or one of the R- soft rocks R- that R- I built? R-T-L-S-D-R. And, you know, it's basically the same thing, except this one covers from, like, what, DC to... Two gigahertz almost. It's fourteen bit also. Fourteen bit. The the RTL's only eight bit. Dual receive. So it took a while. I had to have a about three or four sessions with it before I determined that uh yes, I didn't throw my money away. And no, it, it's a good receiver. I don't know that it's gonna replace any of my HF radios, but I will be using this at Field Day for a special purpose. And that was intriguing. I can't wait to see or hear. Yep. It, it's going to be cool. It, it'll be good. Yeah. The one thing I like about this one over the one I've got is uh, the metal case. Metal, Mine it, was, well, uh, yeah, anyway, the metal case. Mine's plastic. Yeah. Uh, I really like that see-through green connector. That That is pretty sweet, isn't it? <laughs> But I think Tommy in your two email came with that, didn't it? The transparent connector? Yeah, that one right there. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Yep. It's like y'all can't see that, can you? <laughs> no. It's really there. Here, let me unplug it. <laughs> there you go. There it is. Right there. <laughs> well, so you gotta put it in oh there you go. Yeah. So. There it is. Now we see it. Anyhow, <laughs> yeah, I don't regret buying it. I've been having a good time with it, and uh, yeah, they're pretty awesome. It makes a, re- a real good short wave receiver. Up. And that that software that they put out for it is is pretty nice too. Yeah. That's like top of the line stuff. Man. Now it is a bit quirky. There are a few things I would have done differently in there for sure. <laughs> every, you do every, have to get used I to it. Say that about every piece of software. And I'm not sure about the dual tuners because I. After I got to playing with the software, I found out well you can you can stack up a bunch of different receivers on there on just just a single tuner. Mm-hmm. So you can listen to multiple things, and but I'm sure there's a good reason for it. And I will, well, maybe I'll figure that out. <laughs> Space diversity, you might. Yeah. yeah. Space diversity. That's that's really where you'd come out ahead with that. And that's but, supposed to be in the next rev of software that they're going to release. Yeah. So I'll be looking yep. at that. Okay, back to the show. Boy, we've, uh, we've Y'all already... made me look like a pretty wait, bad I, Wait, hold on. I, I think that's all the budget we have for this one. That's it. That's, <laughs> that's all. It. We're out. That's all we bought. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> See you next time. Join us for Ham College. Yep. Well, let's look at some video now. There were some other things there that were cheapy, Mill, that I think 
I think you would approve of. What do you think about this first one, Tommy? I don't remember what the first one is. It's on that piece of paper right there. Oh, yeah. Very much so. Well, no, this is You'll approve this one. Yep. And it's just in time for field day, too. I'm talking with Mark here. Mark, what's your last name and your call sign since I can't get it right? Curlicker, Whiskey Delta 9 Hotel Bravo Foxtrot. And you're from Illinois? Uh, Modesto, Illinois. It's about 40 miles south of Springfield, the capital, Echo Mary 5-9. Okay. Your, your truck and your uh, mobile setup here kind of caught my attention when I saw what you had going on. Uh, this is interesting. What gave you this idea? Well, a good friend of mine, K9TOM, a county engineer, and a, another friend of mine, WS9VKO0Z, uh, kind of put our brains together and used the sign material. It's a telespar, nested, three different sizes. Uh, when I nest it all the way down, it's at a travel height of about 12.3, at uh, 12, 12, 12 foot 3 inches, and then... Um, all the way deployed, it's about 22, 23 feet. And um, I have a, it hinges down. It's nested inside the uh, hitch of the trailer. And then when I travel, I will uh, put the, the uh, straps, and it's very, very secure as I travel. So what would you estimate the cost was to, to put something like that together? Just the cost of the bolts. <laughs> That's about it. Maybe oh, you... you- Maybe $30, maybe. So do you do a lot of VHF, UHF, rover type of work? Yep, that's that's my big interest is weak signal work, and I've done rovering since uh, 2016, uh, CQ and AWRL uh, September and June uh, roves. Um, I have a property in Michigan, so it gives me an excuse to be able to get to a different area, yet still have a place to sleep at night, so so it's easy. I carry four bands. I'm in the limited rover class, so 6, 2, 432, and 222. And I use uh, eight, uh, FT-847 for all the bands except for an FT-817 and a Down East Microwave 222 transverter for 222. So I'm going to ask you a question here. You may not have done enough this year to really have a a gauge on it. How are the bands? Well, (laughs) um, they're getting better. They're getting better. (laughs) Let's just say that. You've got a nice little... This is a 430. This is a 432. One of Kent Britain's uh, cheap Yaggies, and uh, we built these at my club, K9 MCE, in back in Macoupin County, uh, Illinois, and uh, I was trying to promote to them that it's not too hard to build a 432, either sideband or vertical for the repeater use. Uh, there are a lot of folks out there that build these for two meter. Uh, and 222, and um, he's got designs for satellite antennas and for 902 and 1.2 gigs also. So uh, I've had a lot of people ask about uh, this design too. It's great. Uh, portable, emergency, e-com, you know, you're out there and you got your HT, throw it on, and you can hit your repeater. It's great. They're, they're fantastic antennas. And would you call this a folded dipole driving it the way it's been there? Yep, that's what that is. Um Kent Bretain's got all the information on how to build that and his ideas why um, he did it that way. Yep. Where can we find that? Do you recall the website? 
it's WA5VJB, I believe. Kent Bretain's Cheap Yagi. If you Google Kent Bretain Cheap Yagi, those will be on there. Cool. Now, I notice you've got one other accessory on here that's kind of interesting to me is... Is Do you carry lunch with you? <laughs> um, I'm a recreational dog sledder, and uh, that's where my dogs go in the wintertime. And um, another reason that I had uh, Michigan property, I'm like, hey, let's, let's put a station up, let's rove, let's see what the activity level is like up there. But that's, um, that's the idea behind that. So it is a rover. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I saw it, you know, being from the south, I thought maybe it was a chicken coop. But now that makes sense. That's, that's where you haul your dogs. Right, right. Yep. That's, and I always have uh, my lead dog with me who's now retired, uh, Boulder. He sits uh, shotgun with me. Oh. Well, thanks for talking with us, Mark. This is a really interesting setup here. You know, we've been looking for something make field day maybe a little bit easier um, to set up. I do use it at field day. I will. I am the UHF VHF uh, station, and last field day, I think we, I as compared in the years past, I added lots of points for that. So that's that's fun to do too. But perfect for field day. Thanks again, Mark. Thank you. I swear, I thought that was a chicken coop on the back of his truck there now. <laughs> yep, yeah, I saw Mike said it looked like carrier pigeon boxes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, was it that, Yagi. that Yagi's a keeper, man. Yeah, oh, man. That's pretty cool. You know, I got everything probably right here in the shack I need to make that with. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. There was another guy right next to him that had an, another one of those rover stations. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. What do you think about the mast, Emil? You know, just the cost of the bolts. I'm liking the sound of that. Yep. I'd like to find out where we can find some of that stuff. Yeah, they didn't have it at Home Depot. I, I looked the other day when I was up there. So, um, yeah, that that was... Um, we didn't look in his truck either to see what he had up inside you know, no. for radios. We were so um, enamored by the... The sheer beauty of that mast and the cheap antennas. That yeah, it's pretty awesome. I, yeah. I really do would like to find some of that stuff. I would fix too. a thing for field day. Per- perfect, yep. perfect. Maybe but, maybe somebody out there knows where you can get it. Send us a link and let us know. Yeah, but he wasn't the only rover there, was he? No, there was another one right next to him. It's pretty cool. That very unique. Yeah, quite. Now you'll like this mounting as well, Emil. I'm talking with David here. He's a, another guy who's big into the VHF and uh, UHF and rover. Microwave. And microwave. Yes, I, I see that dish there. What's your uh, full name and call, David? Uh, David DeVos. My call is KF8QL. I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Okay. Is this a pretty big hobby in that part of the country? We've got a pretty solid group of people that are VHF, UHF microwave operators, and we've got a club uh, called the Michigan VHF UHF Society, and uh, we're trying to obviously grow that pool of people. But, yeah, it's popular. Well, are any of them as serious as you? Because it looks like like you're pretty serious about this. I bet you do pretty good in the contest. Uh, Yeah, I'm maybe a little bit off the scale on Sirius, but uh, I'm a rover, right? There's some other people who have very serious uh, home stations, much more than I do. So, 
Yeah, but the rovers thing, that just adds a, another whole layer of fun to it. Yeah, fixed stations love rovers because they work us in one grid, we move, we can all work again. I've got 11 bands, so that's 11 more contacts for you and for me. So it's a beautiful thing. 11 bands? Yep, 6 through 24 gig. Wow, you, I'll cover it all then. <laughs> I've got every one of them. So uh, not everybody has those. And, of course, I have bands with different power capabilities. So, uh, you know, I'm running 100 watts on 6, but when it comes up to the higher stuff, I might even be running 2 watts or a watt. I really like the way you've got these antennas mounted on your roof up here. That makes a lot of sense. Yep. I've got two sets of antennas. The the ones on the roof um, I use when, when I'm stopped. So... My typical MO is I, I have a whole range of places I stop on a, on a regular basis that are high places. And when I stop there, I use those uh, antennas on the roof. When I'm driving, I use these omni antennas in the back here that are on that pole. So those are omnidirectional antennas for 6 through 432. And these, would you call these halo antennas? Yeah, yeah that's the name the, you and I would know them by. The guys with gray hair. Oh, yeah, I have gray hair, too. <laughs> a very nice setup here. And yeah. I like that you built it out of PVC yep. because then it makes mounting them really easy. I just changed the mount because I got a new vehicle and I had to move a couple of those pipes around. So, for sure, it, it does help. So, the rotator is basically the steering wheel, huh? Yeah, I got a V6 uh, <laughs> rotator. <laughs> That'll probably do it. That's right. Wow. So um, it's just a great hobby, and uh, we, we're trying to, Mark and I, uh, the other guy I just talked to, we're trying to help the fixed stations, and I get a kick out of it because it's a technical challenge. It's a physical challenge. The contest goes from 2 in the afternoon until 11 p.m. the next day, and it's a logistics challenge where you're going to go, and it's just physical being able to stay on it for that long. Wow. Oh, what is this here behind us now? What, okay, what this is, is uh, once you get above uh, 2.3 gigahertz, you're going to jump into, normally going to jump into a dish. Now, I, I stuck a drawing on here because I'm showing people what's going on today. Um, so what I've got on this particular stand is uh, I've got a dish, recycled dish TV dish that I'm feeding with a dual band 10 and 5.7 gig feed and I've got a 24 gig feed on the bottom so I come in with this radio this FT817 on two meters that goes through an antenna switch that I can select what band I want to use and then that gets up converted to 10 gigahertz or 5.7 gig whatever and transmits through here bounces off here and goes out uh, 30 31 dB got any antennas that do that kind of Amazing. So two watts here, 2,000 watts ERP. That is pretty good. So well, let me just venture a guess here. Is your day gig a microwave engineer? <laughs> no, I'm a retired electrical engineer. Yeah. That is really good work. I like the way that you've, you've built this up. Yeah. This is all custom built, isn't it? Well, uh, this feed was built by a guy named Al Ward, who uh, is well-known in the microwave field, and he, he built it... Uh, and tuned it up for me. Yeah, it's a lot of collaboration going on there. I like the repurposing of the direct TV dish. I did this with the 
uh, 2.4 gig antenna, and it really makes a big difference. Right on. Yeah. So, did you were you getting uh, Wi-Fi? Is that what you were doing? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That it, it's a high gain. So, oh, yeah. so uh, this is part of the the station. Inside, I've got antennas that run the the radios up on the rack and and the loopers. So, uh, and uh, keeping 11 bands running during a contest <laughs> is a challenge sometimes. The other aspect is the power. Um, I've got uh, the vehicle battery, and then I've got an AGM battery and a power gate in between them so it, because it pulls 10, 15 amps when I key down on 100 watts. So that's a challenge as well. So it's, uh, it's always something that keeps you, keeps you learning, and that's part of the fun. Well, what do you have inside? Uh, anything... Un- unusual in here? Uh, well, in the back there, I've got a. I racked up my transferters for 2.3, 3.4, and 900, so I can pull it in and out easily. And uh, and there's also connections for each one of those. So I racked them up back there. And then I in the front seat, I've got my TS2000 main radio and a 991 Alpha Yesu that uh, are my uh, drivers for those other transferters. Some setup. Yeah. I really like it. I like it a lot. It gives me some good ideas. George, I'm glad. You know, that's the thing. I've been sharing here at this at this show. So many people have come up and taken a look at this, and they they didn't know that people were doing this kind of thing. And that's one of the things about Ham Bench and I love is, is you're learning new things from other people who are into ham radio. Thanks for talking with yeah. us. Great talking to you. Pretty interesting setup. That was. When we walked in, you know, that was right near the, the entrance to Hamvention mm-hmm. there, and we saw that mast, and it was it was just like a ham magnet almost. Oh, I mean, yeah. It just drew you straight over there. And then you saw the the big um, V6 rotator there. Yeah. I mean, that was. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that, those rover stations like that. I don't guess anybody that I'm aware of around here does that. Not that anyone I've seen around here. Now, Tebow might. Oh, yeah. But I, I'm not sure. But, but yeah. Anything like that down south there, Emil? I, I have not seen that, and but I did see what you did there with the uh, PVC. I, I got it. I heard. I heard what you were thinking. Yeah, <laughs> good deal. And Chip said it must be nice to have a uh, engine, uh, uh, a rotator with a uh, engine light. True, because <laughs> you want to know if you're going to be having some problems. <laughs> uh, yeah, boy, a couple of great setups there. Yeah, for yeah sure. they were really cool. I, I wish we could have got a little bit more of the detail of the the in the car, but anyway, yeah, but but it's pretty cool anyway. Now, there might have been some other rovers there, but these are the only two we saw in that location right? where we were. and uh, Yeah, well, they were right in the beginning, too, so like we had to pretty much stop. Both of them were really special, though. Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to be back in just a moment because we've barely got started on uh, this Hamvention thing. This is going to be an action-packed show. Hey, no doubt. I'm Howard, W6HN. I'm excited to tell you all about the new MFJ1234 RigPi station server. Let's get started. A long time ago, when digital computers were first invented, 
It took specially designed rooms and conditioning filled with racks of equipment, hundreds of vacuum tubes, and elaborate consoles to do simple arithmetic. Up until the early 70s, the thought of having a computer in your shack was nothing more than a dream. Since then, the size and cost of computers has come down to the point where computers are an important asset in any well-designed shack. The behemoths of yesterday are no longer. This is the RigPi station server. It is a small, economical, Raspberry Pi-based computer system that controls your station and handles on-the-air activities. What can RigPi do? Using a browser on just about any device, RigPi provides radio and rotor control, CW King, VoIP for two-way audio, logging, DX spot monitoring, and a fact-filled web view showing details about other stations. Using the RigPi desktop, you can operate digital modes using popular programs, plus you can upload your log files to the ARRL logbook of the world. Finally, it can replace a desktop computer with a browser, email client, word processing, and spreadsheet programs. RigPi is great for use in your shack, but for remote ops, it really shines. RigPi is well-suited for Apple and Android devices, including mobile phones, tablets, iPads, and more. Work DX while on the road or from a cruise ship. Let's listen in on Tom, W5KUB, as he works Walter, KI4V, in Tennessee from a cruise ship somewhere in the Caribbean. Here is Walter, KI4V, previously NR3E, working HK3C in Columbia. We are trying out, we're beta testing a RigPi remote unit. I'm actually on an iPhone uh, remotely connected to a friend's TS570. Well, very good. Very good, thank you, and uh, congratulations on the remote setup. It's sounding nice. And we've got a little video later in the show here where we talked with Howard. And yeah, that's a pretty neat thing. There was a lot, a lot of interest in that. Yeah, we talked to him, what, two years ago, I guess, mm -hmm. about that when it was coming along. And um, Yeah, the pies have gotten better since then. It, we didn't have the pie uh, 3B pluses back then. I think the two came. was out back then. Yeah, so uh, nice very nice product there, and we look forward to playing with some of those here in the future. Oh, yeah. yeah, should have some coming sometime yeah. soon. They're staying sold out a lot on, on that stuff. Yeah, I figure so. they're probably going to be like that for a while, too. Yeah. Well, back into the videos here. You know, we, we always see a lot of friends when we go to different ham fest, and we probably in Dayton we see more from various parts of the world. Now, this is a guy here we just visited with recently. Yep, he's actually in the chat room as well. Oh, is he? Yeah, he made it back home. Okay, Kevin. Well, and, you know, I was busy talking with someone else while you and Kevin shot this. I won't spend more time with Kevin while we were there. But 
we we just uh, ran out of time, which you always do when you're having a good time. Yeah. So you want to set this one up, Tommy? Yeah. So I just uh, kind of ran across Kevin and uh, decided to stop real quick and just kind of catch up and want to see how his trip was going. Mm-hmm. Before we do that, though, and I'll forget about it if we don't, you can tell by our shirts tonight, Emil, after seeing that appearance by Rock and Ray in the pre-show, we're getting the band back together. Yeah. More. We got the guitar covered and the drums. <laughs> well, we need somebody to do the accordion. Hmm. Yeah. All right. We'll see what we can do. That or the gel harp. You know, <laughs> hey Kevin, g'day Tommy, how are you? It's great to see you again. Yeah. Uh, so it's been, I guess, a couple of weeks since we've seen you, right? Uh, it will be two weeks from, uh, ago today for sure. Yes. Yeah, two weeks. So how, how's uh, your trip around the country been? Uh, going good. We've had good weather. Uh, we got thunderstorms on the first day here at yeah. night, but that's about it. Nothing else, and we've got three weeks to go. Oh, yeah? Yeah, um, so uh, I, I think your daughter is in the youth form, right? Is she getting a little interest? Maybe we're going to get another uh, another young face in the, into the hobby? I think we're pretty sure to get another new face into the hobby. She's uh, in with the Lee uh, family girls uh, at the youth forum, and since she's been here yesterday and a little bit before, she's got her interest has come right up, so... Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. She she seemed like she had a little bit of interest when I ran into you guys yesterday. Yeah. Um, so have you made any any nice purchases here to make your trip trip across? Uh, well, I would say across the country, but across the world, really worthwhile. Oh yes. Um, went out to the flea market. We've only done about a quarter of that, but I picked up a nice bird through line uh, meter with a couple of uh, slugs in it. And I, I, I picked up a little um, controller for my Tar Hill and, uh, and a boom, a high mic boom for my PR40. So that's all going home with me. And I'm still looking. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And you said you're interested in possibly getting a new HF rig as well, right? Oh, we're looking at it. So we're, we're tossing up whether we get a Flex or a uh, Icom, but we're, we're pushing more to the Icom 7610. So we'll be looking at that one today. Yeah, we did uh, a hands-on with that a while back, and uh, you, you may have seen it, but yep. I don't think you can go too wrong with that. No, I think it's a very nice one. I've had the 7300, um, and that sort of helped uh, pay for this one coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use a big 7700, so it'll be a good companion. And I uh, spoke to Ray, and Ray says the 76 will be even outperform the 7700. Oh, yeah? Well, that sounds like a, sounds like a good, way to, or good uh, recommendation to make up your mind. Oh, that's for sure. So, well, we're still tossing. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. So, uh, when you when you leave here, where to? I think you were going across the north part of the country, back around to LA before you go home. Yep. So tomorrow we uh, we're scooting up to Niagara Falls, uh, and then up to Toronto. I've got family up in Toronto, and then we're uh, going across to uh, eastern Idaho, stopping off uh, hopefully at Val and uh, Jerry's place. Good old. Tourist spots, Mall of America, uh, Mount Rushmore, Yellowstone Park, then down 
back down to LA for uh, Zion Park, Grand Canyon, you know, the Hoover Dam, all the typical tourist spots. Oh, I'm a little jealous. Uh, yeah, I, uh, Niagara Falls is pretty nice. Um, if you go to the Canadian side, be sure to take the tour where you go down behind the falls. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I, we plan to do that. I did that back in 87 uh, when I was over this way uh, for a trip when I was doing my OE to, the, to Europe. Uh, so yeah, done that one. So we'll be doing that one as well. Oh, awesome! It sounds like you guys still got a lot of fun left before you go back home. Uh, that's for sure. We got to. We got, the only thing we've got to do and make sure is that we're in LAX for the tenth of uh, June to get the big flight back to New Zealand. Okay, and I, I guess you saw maybe the last Amateur Logic, um, but we did the taste test for the candies that you left us, and uh, they were both fantastic. Like there were no like nasty surprises for anybody watching, so it might not have been as pleasant for them because I think they like to see the faces we make, like when we tried the Vegemite. But uh, they were they were both were very good. Yeah, I watched that. I liked your expression and your comments on the, on the nasty stuff. But uh, we'll make sure. We'll send something up that will uh, maybe turn your taste buds up. <laughs> but, um, and we've got a couple other things down there, which are Kiwi icons uh, that you might like. And, uh, and I'm sure uh, you know, Simon down there, he'll, he'll send something up to you as well to surprise you. Yeah. Yeah, well, anyway, it was a lot of fun, and we always appreciate you guys doing that. No, nah, it's good fun. You, you know, you and George and, and Mel and, and when Peter was here, you guys all put on a really good show. Um, you know, every month sort of time it so we can go and see it. And a perfect timing for us down there in New Zealand because uh, it's a Saturday normally in the afternoon and we can get to watch it. Well, great. I'm, I'm glad you enjoy it. We, have, we enjoy putting them on. Obviously, we wouldn't be on a, almost to our 14th year now. Oh, that's for sure. And, yeah, you know, you're going to be going for another 14 years. Yeah, I hope so. We plan to. Yeah, um, well, that, that's what we all look for. You know, you, like you were uh, in the Ham Nation uh, forum this morning, uh, George said he didn't think we'd be uh, more than a couple of months. Uh, yeah, 14 years down the track. Uh, two. Yeah, I never dreamed anybody would even watch them. Oh, hey, look, when you go back to some of those uh, first uh, episodes with... Um, uh, what's your, what was your first companion back then? Uh, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy. You know, we just cracked up with some of those, and I think that's what makes a makes a good program. You need a bit of humour in it. Uh, yeah, the uh, the parts recovery segment is legendary. <laughs> where the torch issue. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. He could have lost that house, but uh, <laughs> at least he had a fire extinguisher. Yeah, and and some fun. Yeah, and lots of fun. And there's going to be more fun and more projects. Just keep them going, and yeah, let's see if. Some of your uh, amateur logic uh, group can, you know, forge your ideas so you can promote them. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you stay, stopping to talk with us, and uh, good luck on the rest of your trip. It's always a pleasure, and let us know what you end up deciding for your HF rig. We'll be curious to see. I uh, will do that, Tommy. Just keep up the good work you and George. All right. Good to see you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Andy Mel. Yep, Andy Mel. <laughs> well, it's good to catch up with him. Uh, yeah. His daughter won a handy talkie oh. over there. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, that's cool. So, maybe she'll get her ticket here pretty soon. Yeah. Have another hand. It, it was fun to visit with him while he was here in town passing through on his... I guess he made a loop around a big part of the U.S. there while he was here. In, part of, in parts of Canada. Oh, he went into Canada as well. Yeah, he did. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so, anyway, that uh, that's one friend we ran into, but we ran into another guy from a while back. Well, we did. This is a, um, 
I don't remember how many years it had been. It had been a number of years. It was still at Hera. It was, yeah, it was at Hera uh, when I met Sala for the first time. Back in 2014, we were at the Hera Arena at Hamvention, and we met Sala, HZ1SM. Sala, it is good to run into you again at Hamvention. Thank you so much. I'm really honored again to meet you in person after four years now, 2019. And the pleasure is mine really to meet you and see you in person and to meet also uh, Tommy. And actually, I'm following, I'm following your uh, your Ham Nation uh, episodes all the time. It's wonderful. I love it. We learn a lot of, uh, we get a lot of education from your uh, materials you are providing and the, the demonstration discussion. I, I, I actually love it, and we, we benefit a lot from your uh, material and, and broadcasting uh, from Ham Nation. Thank you so much. You and Mr. Bob Heil and all the guys also. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, thank you. And we've been talking shop we've been talking about radios and audio processing yes. and antennas yes. so so we've had a good conversation over here sorry we didn't have a camera at the yeah. time but um so and so amateur and, and the swr problems they ran into <laughs> it was terrible oh, oh yeah. yeah so the solution was a new antenna yeah new antenna stebar antenna db18 antenna and uh, now i'm busting bylabs now no problem <laughs> with 22 watts 22 watts, I was able to work the state side, uh, I think uh, east coast, 22 watts. And the guy who was, who was actually transmitting at the time from the state side was pushing 1,500 whiskey. And uh, I was able to copy him 5.9. So when I told him I'm, I'm actually running 22 whiskey, he said, are you sure 22 whiskey? You're a QRP station. I said, this is the truth, 22 whiskey. And he asked me, what is the antenna? I told him my antenna is Tibar DB18. So it's doing the magic for me, actually. Wow, that that is fantastic! Yeah. It's so good to see you again here. Uh, Thank you we, so much. Do, how often do you come? Do you come every year now, or every few years? I come. I have no. I'm visiting actually here, coming, uh, visiting some relative here. So I just visit my daughter studying here. So I come this year mm-hmm. to see my daughter, and then I, I attend also the Hamvich. I hope I can also attend next year. Hopefully, I can attend next year. I'm planning to be because I like this place, uh, Xenia. It's called yeah. Xenia. Mm-hmm. It's, this fairground is much better compared to the Hara Arena. It's very nice, and even the surrounding here. I love the countryside. I love the greenery. I love the, you know, the, like spacious place. You can park your car, and the area is very nice, especially the countryside. It is always good to be in the countryside. I love it. So I think everybody loves to be to come in, in such a place where you can see all the, the trees around you. Yes. It's good to see you again, my friend. Thank you so much, dear uh, George. And please convey my greetings to, to Mr. Bob as well and all the team from Ham Nation team. All right. And the Amateur Logic. We actually, and Amateur Logic, yes. Amateur yeah, that's, Logic. that's where your segment ran was yes, on Amateur yes. Logic. Yes, Amateur Logic and yep. Ham Nation. Yes, absolutely, yes. I follow both of them, actually, in, my, in your channels. I'm following you all the time. Yes, thank you so much. All right. Good DX. Okay, thank you. Hope to work you sometime, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe a little, I'll be running a little more than 22 watts because I don't have a step high arc. <laughs> okay, okay. No, you can you can beat me, I'm sure. You can do something. 7-3. <laughs> okay, 7 threes. <laughs> yeah, that was that was cool. He he picked you out like right off the bat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, we met him, well, it was 2014. and Yeah. That's one thing about ham radio. I mean, you'll you'll meet people from all over the world, and and even you know right here in your own country that you never would have met before. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got friends just about anywhere you go in ham radio. Oh, yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's, I've always said it, and and 
say it again, that's to me that's the best thing about going to like Hamvention, one of those big ham fests, is getting to meet some of the people that you've yeah. talked to or you know just got other or seen on the you know interacted with on the internet or whatever. So that's that's the fun part, man. Good, good people all over the world, man. Yeah, oh yeah. When exactly. that, uh, I saw that. Uh, I think it was two videos ago. It, the HK3 station in Bogota. I've actually talked to that guy. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I recognized the call and the voice, in fact. Wow. Uh, well, small world. We're we're not quite halfway done yet. We got more video here. <laughs> Go figure, huh? Yeah, one of the first things that happened. Not the first thing, but one of the first things, and you missed this event, every year on a Thursday night before Hamvention, ICOM throws a little banquet for their dealers and, to, you know, thank them for, you know, mm-hmm. carrying their products and just so that everybody can meet one another and chat and visit and have a good time. I went to the ICOM dealer dinner again this year. They always have a theme, mm-hmm. a special theme. It was Blues Brothers one year we went. Yeah, that was fun. And uh, Star Wars. Star Wars. And I can't remember the theme, but I remember when uh, Tall Paul from Canada was wearing the Godzilla suit. I don't know what it was that year. No, that was uh, Star Wars. That was a Wookiee. No, no. He had the dinosaur suit one year with the tail. Uh, I don't remember that one. You don't remember that one? That was, how could I forget that? I don't know how you could forget that. But it, this year they had a special theme as well. This, this special theme was, um, I think it Marvel Super Yeah, Marvel Superheroes. And they had a good band playing in there as well. They they used to always have live entertainment for these. I saw Chip Margelli there. Okay. See, there's one of the superheroes blow, right there. That's Blow Up Iron Man. You're not a Marvel guy, I guess. No. I didn't know there was a blow up version. Me either. Yeah. They had one of the, one of these here too. That's Spider Man. But then they had some other superheroes that were a little more animated than these right here. So, Spider-Man was rocking. Yeah. There you go. I see Groot. Yeah. I see Magneto, Thor, Thanos, and uh, I forget the other guy. So, I hope you all have a good time. We're wanting to basically say thank you for another year. We're excited to have a successful date. We hope that a lot of the products move and that it will be the product that everybody's wanting to buy. So, we got Groot. Yeah. We, have, we, we imported Groot from north of the border. Canadian 
You can keep them. And then double thumbs up. And they had an artist there doing uh, caricatures. How do you say that? Yeah, kind of like that caricature. Yeah. And he did one oh, cool. of the group right there. Dr. Strange, that's it. I was trying to think of Will's costume. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. Okay. But they, they had a fun time there. It's always uh, nice to visit with those folks. We have made a good friend there of, uh, well, a, a guy that has a two-way radio shop. Uh, not not too far out of uh, out of uh, the Dayton area there. I think it's actually Jackson, Ohio, that I meet and talk with every year and yeah. have a good time visiting there. What do you think about all that, Emil? Now, this was a free event for me and for the dealers. Well, you know, wow, wow. I had no idea they were, you know, doing other uh, other things like that. But I guess anything to have fun. Oh, yeah, and it was. Oh, yeah, they're always a good time. Yep, Tommy just didn't make it in time. Your flight was late. Yeah, flight was a little bit late. But I was representing. Well, I appreciate you standing in for us. Somebody had to do it. Think nothing of it. (laughs) You were a super cameraman. Yeah. And... We went through the flea market. Didn't rain during the event this year. That was great. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just uh, it rained a little bit the first morning, and then no more rain after that. Before we got there. Mm-hmm. And so, so you could freely walk around the flea market with no problems. And I did. And I noticed I said freely, Emil. I'm, I'm liking what I'm hearing. Okay, that's his, he, I'm sure he's, his ears perked up when he heard yeah. freely. There, there's one thing that caught my attention though, just going through the flea market area there. That I thought this was really neat. I didn't talk to the guy, you know, no interview or anything like that, no narration. It's just I had my phone with me, and I, I saw what he had on his table there. I just had to take them. Just went just, for it, huh? Just went for it. You know how it is. Yep. Oh. He's oiling that engine over there. But this one, man. Check that out. That's pretty cool. It was. That's pretty cool. That's the only old motors that I Is saw. Is that an antenna rotor? I guess you could, yeah. Would make a darn good one. I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you noticed it only hit not very often, so it's it's probably fuel efficient, I would say, Mill. Yeah, that's going to last a while. Yeah. It looked like it had lasted quite a while already. I, I've never seen one like that before. That was that was kind of interesting. Yeah, it's neat stuff, man. Yeah, we always run across a bunch of friends there and and people who've watched the show that we may or may not have met before, and we like to chat and talk about what's going on. And uh, well, sometimes they ask us for advice. Sometimes. Uh, sometimes. 
We don't sometimes all, we give it. Sometimes we give it. Sometimes we don't really have any on the particular uh, well, subject. But, I wasn't going to bring that part uh, up, but that's true yeah. as well. I, I met a couple of <laughs> couple of really nice guys here. We we had a little chat. I ran into Dave here. He flagged us down and said, "Hey, I want to talk about noise." That's right. So we've been talking about different noises that you've got in Los Angeles. That's right. You know, uh, how else can I put it? You guys are the pros. Love watching you guys. And in Southern California, we have a lot of noise. I know there's a lot of operators like me that live in compromised areas, lots of power lines. And I know the problem's everywhere. So, uh, you know, definitely love some recommendations on uh, some product that's out there to help us. Um, I know we were talking before about, uh, you know, a loop antenna um, and also some product that MFJ has. But, uh, you know, I'd love to hear what, what your thoughts are. All right. Well, I'm, I guess I'll need to pull that back out and do a, uh, another demo on it. <laughs> on certain noises, it's very effective. So um, I'll, I'll get that back out, and we'll talk more about it. And you are with? Well, I'm, uh, I'm a member of the Crescenta Valley Radio Club and the Pasadena Radio Club I'm in L.A. And, uh, yeah, been licensed for 32 years. Great to see you, Dave. Thanks for stopping and saying hello and, and asking for a suggestion from us. Now, we're not pros. We're just amateurs. That's right. We're all amateurs. And you know what? The, the kind of noise that we're hearing here at Hamvention is the kind of noise we all like to hear. Yeah. Yeah. If you can just bust this pile up, you know, you're doing That's right. Good. You're not kidding. Thanks, Thanks Dave. Thanks George. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Larry is wearing the colors here for Ham College. Now, are you a recent graduate? Uh, I am. Uh, well, I have graduated with my extra class diploma. So uh, I did uh, watch all of the uh, tech class cl- shows that you did. And uh, those are uh, really informative. And we do all direct our uh, n- new people who are coming in the hobby into watching those videos. We really appreciate that. And, you know, we're... We're trying to cover as much as we can about it and give them a little detail as to why that is the correct answer and why this other one may be the wrong one. But I'm an avid watcher of Ham College, uh, Amateur Logic, and uh, Ham Nation as well. And uh, you two guys are a riot. (laughs) Uh, Well, it just happens. That's all I can say. It's usually not planned. It just happens. But uh, I'm with the Bill Grimmion Memorial Radio Club in Noonan, Georgia, which is just right outside of Atlanta. And uh, like I said, I like the shows, and you guys are right. I always show my wife, you got to watch George and Tommy. <laughs> All right. Thanks for saying hello, Larry. Well, thank you. It's good seeing you guys. We're not only a riot, we've caused a few. We, yeah, probably so. <laughs> and and the night's still young. <laughs> you know, we like to do as much to help out the community as we can. And from time to time, we'll have some public service announcements for you here. And, boy, this this is an important one here. And I'm sure, Emil, you should probably explain this one to us or, or at least announce it. Okay, let's see. Amateur Logic's rule of cheap old man acquisition number two. A deal is a deal until a better one comes along. <laughs> <laughs> you know... Be yeah. three MIC. <laughs> He's. You can kind of feel him all over this, can't you? Yeah, I, there's no mention of him on it. 
but I got it. I feel that disturbance <laughs> in the force. His, his work speaks for itself. Yeah. And, Thanks, Mike. We saw a lot of other people there. This, uh, well, there's some familiar faces in in this photo right here. There's Neil Rapp uh, from Amateur Radio Newsline. There's uh, Marty back there. Marty. Uh, I see me, and then yeah, there's another sort of new ham there. Yeah. Also wearing a very stylish shirt. That's Jet Jurgensmeyer, and I don't remember his call sign right off. No, I don't remember it either. Uh, how do we know him? Yeah, he's on. Uh, he's Boyd on Last Man Standing. Tim Allen's yep. fictitious grandson. That's right. That's right. And uh, uh, he and his dad are pretty new hams. They and, uh, they are brand new hams, and I tell you, he is loving the hobby. Oh yeah. He's, what's not to love? Oh yeah. We chatted with him. As a matter of fact, he was on Ham Nation with us this week, and we talked about pickup trucks. Oh, yeah? Yeah. We had a, had a good time. He's um, really a, a great kid there mm-hmm. and up and coming. Well, he's getting pretty popular. In, yeah, he's got a lot, a lot of, of things projects. going on. Very, yeah. very impressive. So it was nice to see Jet there. And let's see. You have, I don't see them. There they are. You've got some more photos over there, yeah, don't you? Yeah, I got you? a few of them. Unfortunately, I don't have everybody's calls. That's Tom. Signs. That's Tom. We've met him um. before, but he was representing. And uh, as always, he does a fine job of representing. I appreciate that, Tom. It was good to see you. We met him with the aliens. Yep. And uh, <laughs> Jocelyn. Jocelyn. Go ahead. Well, you guys, I'm trying to figure out what you guys are doing. Oh, pointing at each other? I think pointing so. Pointing at the logos. Both, yeah. Both representing. Yep, both of us. And uh, that's the, I don't know who that is, but you're photobombing them, so I had to throw that one in there. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the girl with the antenna hair. Yeah, the antenna hair lady. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a classic, that's a classic George picture right there. <laughs> and got one more, and I don't have his cause. I don't remember his name, unfortunately. I apologize for that. I can't see. I should have had these ready a little bit sooner. but uh, Yeah, you got them ready like 30 <clears throat> seconds ago. Yeah. We I almost forgot about them, so I yeah. apologize about that. And like I said, there are probably a few more of them on the other phone, and I'll, I'll get them together and we'll show them at the next show. And is that the amateur logic hat he has on there? Yeah, it is. Cool. You know the hat? The hat, yeah. But anyway, there, was, there were some other people representing as well. I always appreciate you guys wearing the colors out there. Well, we'll be back in just a moment, but first, let's get a message from our very good sponsor, ICOM. Contest from home or remotely and create your own band opening with ICOM's newest SDR transceiver, the IC9700. Bring in direct sampling to the UHF-VHF weak signal market, the IC9700 all-mode transceiver is loaded with innovative features. Dedicated amateur satellite operation, color touchscreen, D-Star capability built-in, RF direct sampling on the 2-meter and 70-centimeter bands, dual independent receivers capable of full duplex operation as well as dual watch, and 100 watts max output power on 2 meters, 75 watts max on 70 centimeters, and 10 watts max on 1.2 gigahertz. The IC7610 is the SDR every ham wants. This high-performance SDR has the ability to pick out the faintest signals even in the presence of stronger adjacent signals. 
The ICOM IC7610 is a direct sampling software-defined radio that will change the world's definition of a SDR radio. RF direct sampling, 110 dBm RMDR independent dual receivers, and dual digicell. The IC7300 is changing the way entry-level HF is designed. This high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design will far exceed your expectations. RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope, and SD memory card slot. Visit icomamerica.com amateur for more information on all the great ICOM radios. And don't forget to be ham active in June. Participate in both the June VHF contest as well as field day. Submit your logs and see how you did in the pileup. Appreciate ICOM. Oh, very much so. And, and MFJ for sponsoring. Oh, yeah. Speaking of MFJ, uh, ran into Martin out there. Wouldn't be uh, ham fest if we didn't go by and visit with those guys. No, nope. And he had some new things there to, yeah. Oh, yeah. to look at this year. Well, it wouldn't be a hamvention without running into Martin Jew from MFJ. Uh, K5FLU, Martin, it's good to see you again. Oh, great to see you too, uh, George. Um, I just wanted to show you all some of the new products that we have. This is a, uh, a distribution box where you can connect up to two antennas or just use one, and then it will feed four different radios. For example, if you take a discone and use four of the SDR dongles, you can cover all the way from VLF all the way up to UHF and, and beyond and uh, cover the entire spectrum all at one time from one antenna. And wow. this model allows you to select two different kinds of antennas. Um, uh, if you use those dongles, you can have a pan adapter over the entire radio spectrum. <laughs> wow. And we have another model that has a, uh, a much more powerful loop antenna that also has this as part of the loop antenna. I, I think we've seen the older model of this, but this is a, a new improved model? It's a new improved model, yeah. Um, uh, it allows you to um, take your normal uh, radio that may not have a pan adapter and... Uh, uh, use an SDR uh, dongle to have a pant adapter for any radio that you want to use. And here's a new product that's interesting. It's a product that uh, we're bringing in from Zygu. This is a 20-watt uh, single sideband uh, CWFM data transceiver for $449. And 20 watts is... Uh, about a S unit below 100 watts, so you can't hardly tell much difference between using a full 100 watt radio and this. And you can see how small it is. You can control everything from the microphone. It's an SDR radio. It's got a spectrum analyzer built in and a companion um, amplifier that you can put in a few watts and run uh, a full 125 watts. It covers HF all the way through 6 meters. This has been around X5105. That was the first Zygu you had, I believe. And the big news here is we have reduced the price down to $599. And it includes antenna tuners and batteries. It's a great little radio. We also have um, a product that's really, really exciting, but I want to walk over to 
the next place to do this if we can. But just briefly, what this is is a box that allows you to plug your radio, any radio, uh, but especially the more modern ones that has cat control. Uh, once you plug the radio into here <clears throat> and then an Internet connection, you can operate your radio remotely. You can do everything. This can rotate your antenna. It can uh, change uh, switch antenna switches. This will replace your computer in your shack. It's got a spreadsheet in it, word processor in it, and uh, you can. Um, it has an FCC database in it, so you can look up calls, or you can uh, use it to uh, search the website. And we've got a demo set up over here. If we can go over there and take a look at it. Yeah, let, let's look more at this rig pie. All you need is a web browser, nothing else. Your phone, iPad, or tablet, or laptop, or computer. And uh, you can rotate your antennas, switch antennas, uh, do all the digital modes. It re- totally replaces your uh, uh, computer in your shack. And we have standing here one of the world's outstanding programmers. Howard has been uh, working on this for the last two years. And I'm going to hand this to him, and he can go into a much deeper explanation. Okay. Thank you. Hey, thank you. Howard, we saw you two years ago, and we talked about this, and I am glad to see that it has hit the market now. I'm hearing great things about it. Well, thank you, and it's great to be here. Good to see you again, George, and Tommy, who's running the equipment. Uh, I remember that interview, and you asked, how long will it be before it's going to come out? And I said, oh, maybe a couple of months. Everything takes a little longer when you get right down to doing it, doesn't it? Yeah, no kidding. I mean, even the documentation has taken months to work on. So it's been a, a big job, but I'm really happy with the response here at, uh, at the Hamvention. There's been a, I never realized that there was so much interest in remoting. Oh, yeah, it's, it's big now, and especially since you can use this device with virtually just about every rig that's out there. That, that is a game changer. Yes, it uses the ham lib library of radios and also rotors. But the ham lib radio library supports over 200 radios. Uh, all the popular radios are on there, so it's just a matter of selecting it from a menu, setting up the port number that you're using, clicking connect radio, and away you go. How did you get this idea? Oh, that's a good question. I've sort of been dreaming about a web-based interface to ham radio for a long time. I looked into it. I run servers for my uh, Windows Comcat program. So I looked into it, but it was really messy because of the remote server being far away and in the cloud. And I thought, gee, I all of a sudden realized that the Raspberry Pi is just like an Amazon.com server, almost. Not not quite as powerful. But you use a browser to connect to Amazon, you should be able to use a browser to connect to your radio. Well, these Pi uh, 3Bs are so much faster than the original Pies. I mean, it, it's got the horsepower to easily do this, doesn't it? It does. It's, uh, it's amazing. It's just incredible for me to look at this little Raspberry Pi. We use the B+, plus in, in the uh, product, and they're going to come out with probably a C+, plus and, and then we'll convert over to that. But even the B+, plus is an amazing improvement over the first Pies that came out in terms of speed, uh, what, 1.2 gigahertz clock rate, and uh, there's more memory available now than in the earlier Pies. 
So they, it's just an incredible board that you can go to Amazon and buy one for under $40. Briefly, what we have is a Swiss Army knife of station control. The RigPi can do everything your home computer can do, just about, with including email and browsing. But more importantly, it will do rig control from anywhere in the world. It, it's browser-based, so no matter what device you want to use to remote control your station, it's all set up. Browser? Yes, it uses a browser. Uh, we can see uh, vid- uh, the uh, video up above here is coming from my iPad. Uh, you can also use an iPhone, which uh, is now trying to catch up on some long-needed rest. So if I... Uh, and it, there we go. We're running on an iPhone. And I, I, I have an Android. Could I use it on an Absolutely. Android? Yeah, we've, I've got an Android uh, Motorola uh, a G6 that I use for testing. And it runs fine on tablets, Android tablets, or Android phones. Any device that has a browser, Amazon Fire, will run it. Wow. Yeah. That, that's, that's incredible. And it's also set up as an account system. So if you log into... Your, your account online, it's the same thing you experience here. Your username and password set up. You can have multiple users running multiple radios or multiple users sharing one radio. It's all uh, up to you how you want to configure the operation. So you could have a buddy sh- using one of your spare radios in a, in a place where he can't set up an antenna, and you could be on the air at the same time with your own radio on your own account. So it's very versatile. Wow. Well, we certainly want to get back with you and get the full update. I, I don't, I, you know, there's people waiting here, yeah. so I don't want to hold up people from getting to, to talk to you and get a good demo of it. But will you come back in the future and talk with us more and give us a, an update? We got a good interview with you two years ago, but I suspect a little bit has changed since we did that. A little bit. I'm two years older. So, But other than that, there's been a lot of improvement in the software. You can also learn more at https rigpi.net. We also have a public forum, so you can go in and ask questions on https uh, rigpi.groups.io. So hope to see you and your viewers on both the forum and on the website at any time. All right. Thanks, Howard. It's great to see you again. Good to see you, George. Good to see you, George. And thanks for doing this project. This is fantastic. Great. It's been fun, and it's going to continue to be fun. Met a lot of really nice people this weekend. So off to a good start. 73. 73. Howard's a cool guy, man. Oh, yeah. He's doing, doing some neat stuff. Yeah, and you need to go back and watch. I don't remember the episode number, but it was our um, visit to the 45th anniversary of MFJ Enterprises. We had a good long chat with Howard in that. He's got an interesting background, not just oh, yeah. the rig pie thing. Yeah. You can tell he likes what he's doing. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and he grew up kind of in it. You know, his his father was a president of Heathkit for a long time. Nice. So, he, he's been around a ham radio a few years. Oh, yeah. Had some, I'm sure he's had some pretty cool yeah. uh, gear around there. Oh, yeah. We're going to get him back here uh, with us live on an episode before too long and uh, and just have a good time, have a good chat. No telling what we might talk about. No telling. <laughs> Speaking of that, email 
When you were tallying up the totals from Hamvention earlier, I mentioned that the whole SDR play thing was Tommy's fault, and you you concurred. Yes. And here's my evidence right here. Aha. Uh-huh. I got Andy here. Hey, how's it going, Andy? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I understand you guys have a fairly new uh, SDR receiver. Yeah, so we uh, last year we uh, released the RSP Duo, which is a 14-bit dual-tuner device. All right. Well, I think I know what's different, but can you kind of tell me what's what's new about this one? Yeah, so this is a dual-tuner, and uh, the, the cool thing about these is that they're, they're, they're time and phase synchronous. So we can start to do some, some really cool things, like we can do diversity, noise cancelling, and direction finding. So over here on this, uh, on this first, first screen, what we're showing is using the, the two tuners in completely different parts of the spectrum. So I'm scanning uh, up in VHF on one tuner, which is a new feature that was added to SDR Uno uh, in the last version, the scanning feature. Uh, and, the, uh, and on the second tuner on the bottom there, we're, we're, in, we're in HF. Okay. So we can be in complete, two completely different parts of the spectrum at the same time on the same, same unit on one USB cable. Oh. And then, so that's, a, that, that's how we can use it for uh, in, independently. And then over on this other screen here, we've got another duo running where, where this is our late, latest version of the software, which will be out in a couple of weeks' time, and this is showing off diversity. So what we can do here is we can take two week stations uh, on each tuner and then we can software combine them and, the, um, and we can imp- improve the signal-to-noise ratio and get a, get a stronger, stronger signal. I, I read a little bit about that, but obviously I didn't read enough. So I was thinking that maybe that was another, another uh, RSP uh, device, but it, it's, it's just the duo that yeah, does so that. The RSP duo architecture will enable... Um, more software functions like this uh, diversity, like I said, uh, noise cancelling, uh, direction finding. Uh, so really, the uh, the name for us, the name of the game for us now, is to just increase the amount of software to uh, really show the capability of the RSP Duo. Okay, I, I bought the RSP two here from this show. Uh, I think it was two years ago, and I really enjoyed that. Okay. And uh, I really liked the strides you guys have made with the software. It was already an amazing piece of software. Um, but it's, it just gets incrementally better every time. Uh, we're making a lot of improvements. Like I say, this version uh, for diversity will be out in a couple of weeks' time. We're already working on the version after that, uh, which will have some... Uh, we're going to have a plug-in interface so people can write their own demodulators and decoders to interface directly into SDR Uno. We're going to do a re- remote server client system. Uh, and then our long-term goal is to, uh, is to move this from Windows over to Linux and Mac as well. Oh, you once you hit Mac, it's gonna well Linux as well. You're gonna open up a lot of windows there. I mean, we, it's it's a constant theme that people tell us that there's particularly for the Mac, there's not a lot of native software for SDR. Um, so uh, it's uh, it's it's in our roadmap, which we updated on our website today. Um, and yeah, so we're definitely um, committed to getting this software onto those those other two platforms. Oh, that would be awesome. I, I was kind of a Mac user. I still use it a little bit. But I switched over to kind of the Windows because of a lack of good Mac software, so that would have helped. Yeah, I think there's a lot of focus on Windows, uh, but uh, we still have a lot of users that, uh, like you know, like yourself, you know, Mac and, and, and Linux and Raspberry Pi and, and and Android as well. And we support all those platforms. Oh, that's awesome! Um, you guys got some uh, Spectrum Analyzer software as well too. Do you know much about that? Uh, yeah, we have. So um, a gentleman uh, called Steve Andrews in uh, in in Australia. 
Um, he's done a couple of versions now that's freely uh, for, uh, downloadable from our website. He's working on a, uh, on a new version. Uh, that'll probably, I'm not sure the time frame, be out in the next few weeks, I would have thought. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's been very well received. I mean, it's, all of our RSPs are, uh, are calibrated systems, and they give accurate DBM measurements um, uh, across 100 dB of control range from 1 kilohertz up to 2 gigahertz. So they make ideal spectrum analyzers. Um, and so Steve's uh, software, which is specifically uh, the spectrum analyzer, so you'll get, you know, you'll get all the analyzer functions, you know, peak hold, peak detect, and all the math functions on the traces, uh, and that has really gone down really well. So, and that will just keep improving as well. Yeah, I, I did download one of the earlier versions and okay. played with it a little bit, and I hope to do something on Amateur Logic in the near future with it myself. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so there was, an, there was, a, there was 1.0A that came out a short while ago, and I know that he's already got another version that's, that'll be out very soon. Okay, I think the one I used was pre, way pre-version yeah, one. Nine. I had some issues uh, way back, uh, but the, the recent one that he, that he put out uh, is better. Uh, he's still squashing some bugs, so uh, the next version will be better still. But yeah, um, I write software too, so I know how that is. It's, uh, it's a constant battle. Right? Yeah, so I'll, I'll uh, look forward to downloading that as well. Okay, very good. Excellent. Yeah, I appreciate you taking time to talk to us. No, you know, I, I guess I didn't really realize when I was interviewing him, but he was actually the one that wrote the SDR Uno software. Yeah, it, it's good software, too. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yep. I like it. It's pretty awesome. And I will say, as someone who has played with, and, and not, you know, the SDR play, but earlier uh, SDRs, the soft rocks and the dongles and stuff, and... Uh, HD SDR back before it had that name, and boy, a lot of different ones. The early ones, mm-hmm. the DSP noise reduction is not the same in all those. It it is pretty good in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would yep. say it's probably among some of the better software-defined things I've played yeah. with. Yeah, like that. Yeah, it's great. Notch, the notches too are awesome on that. Thing. Yes. Now I don't like the way that you adjust it currently. I, I, they need to to improve that a little bit for me to make it easier. So there's some weird stuff in there, but yeah. overall the software is pretty nice. It's it's oh, yeah. it's pleasant to use. It works it works really well. The audio it does. sounds fantastic from it. Yeah. Um, but there there's some weird things in there which I probably made a few design change different and they might myself, but they they might you know. But yep. anyway, but you mm-hmm. can do everything pretty much you need to do in there. I think pretty much. Yeah, and I did download the Spectrum Analyzer software and played with it just a little bit. I'm not sure I'm ready to sell my rock all yet. Well, I want to see a comparison between the two. Yeah, uh, when I get a chance, you know, maybe. Uh, yeah, I just didn't play with it enough to really have form a good opinion on it yet. You can blame me if you want to, but before I got through with the interview, you were pretty much over there buying that thing. Well, you were, and that's that's why... You know, Emil can't claim that as justification, but I certainly can. Because <laughs> it was, you know, that all that happened within like 60 seconds or so there. It I did. Think. It was like the fastest spinning, spinning spree I've seen since the Christmas time. Well, it's like when I saw you looking at it and talking about it, and I saw the interface, and I said, yeah, I need one of those. But and it happened just like that. And it happened, and I really didn't give it a lot of thought as to exactly, you know, 
Oh, what all it did and everything. I just said, it looks cool. I think I need one. And I'm, I'm glad I got it. Oh, yeah. Now, as I mentioned earlier, I don't think it's going to replace any of my regular HF transceivers. But as another receiver, and mm-hmm. particularly for shortwave, I, I like it. Yep. It's good. But I'll let you know more after field day, Mill, because I have a special right. purpose. I'm t- I keep talking about on that. Speaking I'm, I'm of tuned. Sp- a special purpose is, you know, when you're out about, say, well, at a ham fest or at field day or anywhere you're out in the public, sometimes you just, you need to cover your head. You do. You know what I mean? You do. And, and, you, don't, and you want to be selective about what you put up there. Exactly. <laughs> I like that. was smooth, yeah. Yeah. And this right here is uh, the hat. With John Baggett, K2BAG, who has left the chat room. He was over there a little earlier. These are good, high-quality pieces of headgear as well, because that hat has got countless miles on it. And look how good it still looks. Yeah, I think that must be Hat V2.0. Maybe not. Maybe that is the original. Uh, You you never know who's going to show up with one of those hats either. Yeah. But this one was... uh, well, I think the hat was boarding a flight from Orlando to New York. And you you never know where you're going to see one of these. It could pop up anytime, anywhere. It, just like that. Just like that. Where do you get one of those hats? And might I say that's mighty stylish <laughs> looking, too. And timely. Where could you get one of those? I'm, well, I'm yeah. glad you asked that because... People don't always know the answer to that, but I bet you no, do. No, but, but I can tell you. I, I just so happen to have the inside scoop on that. You can get the hats as well as other swag items, shirts, jackets, amateurlogic.spreadshirt.com. That's the place for all your shopping needs. We played the pre-show. It was a Christmas show this time. I guess we should have done it in July, but uh, it's not too early to start your Christmas shopping. That's where you can begin right there. Amateurlogic.spreadshirt.com. They got we got Ham College stuff on there as well. Yep. Oh, and uh, I'm just mentioning too something Glenn is saying. Yeah, um, not only will you love it, but your dogs will love it as well. That is correct. Be careful where you put it. Yes, I saw that is hat V2.0 for you, isn't it? This <laughs> is 2.0. So they yes. make great dog treats. It is. They love it. It's a good toy. It was pretty durable. Yeah. Uh, right up until the Weimarana got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, and we're going to be back. Well, we've still got three segments to go here. Uh, we, we're going to have email coming up in one here very shortly. And we're going to have a special trip to a special place. It's, it's like going to the Magic Kingdom email. We're going to have that here in a minute. But right now, you know, we always like to visit with Ray uh, Novak whenever we go to Hamvention or any any big ham fest where he's at and just find out what's been going on. I've got a little video here where we talked with Ray. He sounded a bit hoarse here yeah. at, at the first of it, though. So I'm, I guess he was all talked out. Well, back with Ray Novak here from ICOM for a wrap-up on Hamvention 2019. Ray, how was Hamvention 2019? We've had an incredibly cheeky Hamvention this year. 
Man, you we see? need a Gordo laugh track on that one. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like your voice has changed a little bit. Your horse from, from all the talking this weekend. With how busy it's been, I don't know what time zone or what country I'm from right now. What's the big product this year, as if I don't already know? There's actually been several of them around here. Of course, the new 9700 has been just, I would call it, fantastic. Then uh, the 7300 just has not slowed down. That thing is just flying. I've been seeing so many boxes go out here. The 7610, this this has just been a great show. Uh, If you remember from last year, I got a lot more energy today than I did last year. Yeah. It's not because of the sleep. It might be because of the caffeine, but with the energy that's been at this show, this one was different than in the past. Well, I know at the top of the hours when you gave away radios here, it's like the whole hall was filled with people trying to get to the booth. It was, and in fact, I had a couple of people come up to me and go, well, we were back way past Heil. We couldn't see the, the signs. We couldn't hear it. We don't know who won, and because you had to be present to win, a lot of people were here. And every time, I think we had three swag kits that we had to redraw. But beyond that, every name that we drew, they were here. And for those that are looking at coming next year, we're going to do something very similar again. But get here earlier. Get inside the booth. Good idea. So... What's been the feedback on the 9700? I know it's out in the field now. What are people saying? Uh, there's, there's all kinds of mixed reviews. You know, there's going to be the guys that want to be the first one on the block that make their own impression on what the radio is going to be. If it doesn't quite meet expectations, then, I mean, the, the internet just blows up with a lot of negative. The guys that have got them, you really don't hear from them because they're busy operating and having a good time. Um, while we wish we could make a radio that everybody that makes everybody happy and everybody wants, uh, I don't know anybody that's that perfect. You know, folks think that I have one of those now, and I told them, no, you took it back with you, but I did get to play with it for a few days and, and learn some new things in the process. Well, see, that's your cameraman's fault. You know, he was a little jealous because you won that smackdown. Yeah. But then when I left after Ham Nation, he wasn't there to help you. Right. He, he like, split the country to, to work or something. I think his feelings were hurt that bad. You, you really gave him a beatdown, didn't you? I did. It was a classic smackdown. He, he hasn't acted the same since. So we're going to, next time something new comes out, I guess I'm going to have to take the older rig and let him have the new one. Now, this is, this, the, we're not getting the rigs, but... We're just claiming them for the event there in the spirit of competition. Yes, sir. Maybe we need to come up with a participation medal for them. There you go. (laughs) Tommy Martin, participant. That has a nice ring to it. It Yes, it does. But there again, when there's a two-horse race, there's going to be the lead nag and then the trailing nag. So at least you didn't get disqualified. True. It, it could have easily happened. I was so far ahead. You might think that um, the field was baited or something, but, but no. Now, is that the southern way of saying there were some performance enhancement capabilities there? 
Yes, my, I would have to say my uh, performance was enhanced by some of the, the features there of the device. There was nothing artificial, though. You know what? Before we go any further down this path, we might need to make a U-turn because there's so many tangents that we can go off on. But, yeah, that, that radio has been doing very well here. And overall, I, I would say this show was a, a great success for us. And it, it hasn't rained. A little bit of rain before Friday morning, but uh, it's been great weather here all weekend so far. Yeah, it was real warm yesterday, nice and cool today. Um, I'm leaving to go home soon, so I, I feel sorry for the guys that are going to be tearing all of this down. I've had a crew that came in on Monday with me. They've been working hard, making sure everything goes right. Things that didn't go right, we adjusted quickly. And everybody talks about how filled up this building was at 12 and 3 on Friday and, and Saturday. Yeah, it, it really was. I, I stood way back over there. I left Tommy up here with the camera. Okay. So he got here early? Yeah, well, we both both were in here early, but uh, when I saw them start kind of uh, hemming me in, I found a little path and snuck out and stood way over there and watched. Ah, very good. Well, I appreciate you guys coming in and doing what you do and look forward to doing more next year. And your next ham fest is? In Seaside, Oregon for CPAC, and that's at the end of this month. Fly back to Dallas to do HamCom. Haven't picked where I'm doing field day yet, but it was interesting when I was talking to Jet. I know you guys interviewed him. I go, what are you doing for, for field day? What's field day? So I started explaining to him I might reach out to him and then find a club wherever he's going to be in the U.S. and, and accompany him and his dad to do a field day and have a little bit of fun to let him, let him really get on a go-to station and go to town. Because I'm hearing what that young man's done since he got his radio. Oh, yeah. He burns through his battery, gets his dad, burns through that one while his other one's charging. His mom says there's a little spot in, in, on their farm where he has to be in the corner of the yard with his hand held up a little bit. And at 10 o'clock at night, she's telling him, come on in the house. Well, my boys is like, come on, boys, turn off the video games, go outside. She's telling him to turn off the radio and come to bed. Well, he's got his priorities straight, clearly. Yes, he does. It is great to see someone that young get bit by the bug. It is. And a really nice kid, man. I enjoyed meeting him here. Me too. So, All right, Ray. Well, uh, I don't know where we'll see you, but I know we'll see you somewhere. I hope so. And maybe, maybe I'll shoot some video of it. Rumor has it I might be going to the Tokyo Ham Fair. Okay, yes, we'd like some more video from that. Peter shot us some last time. And, of course, his perspective on the Ham Fair and yours are probably different. Uh, maybe. I might just be focused on only one booth. But they make the best toys. Oh, yeah. All right, 7-3. Seven, 73, everybody. Thank you. Always nice visiting with Ray. You did hear that hoarseness in his voice there yeah, at the start. Yeah, he didn't quite sound like himself at the start there. It's sort of like, well, his singing voice, you know, doesn't yes. sound exactly like him either. That's true.
That is true. Willie Mill, you missed a great time there, but next year. Next year. But you have been up to something fun, haven't you? I have, always. There's always something going on down here in the South. And uh, lots of uh, history down here, especially when it comes to uh, the uh, World War II uh, museum down here. You guys might know or have been to it. Um, and ham radio events as well, right? The um, On June 1st and 2nd, there was the uh, Museum Ships Weekend event, I think they call it, from uh, NJ2BB. Um, the you know the all the ships get on the air, all radio stations they activate, and thanks to a local club here, or several local clubs around our um, Lake Pontchartrain, uh, we got to participate in a uh, pretty neat event. Take a look. John, what are we doing here today, buddy? We're having museum ships on the air. Oh, I noticed that shirt there. Are Loading, we, uh, are we on the air? <laughs> They're on the air. Okay. I don't know what frequency is on yet. <laughs> I got a log. All right. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. Oh, my God. Email, that looked like a very fun time. 
man, there's a lot of history down here. Um, and huge, huge shout out to one of the clubs on the south shore of our Lake Pontchartrain, W5GAD, the um, uh, Jefferson Amateur Radio Club. They coordinated that event, and you know that that boat is completely functional. And they ride it up here on the north shore, dock it at this. Uh, there's a restaurant here. That's where that was. And uh, they really, you know, they really show it off. They're proud of that one. They rebuilt it. And uh, it's awesome what they're doing down there at that museum. Yeah, it's pretty and, cool. And uh, that club, too, is uh, pretty active in that. Like I said, a great group of people. They uh, joined up forces with our club. They operated for a while on the South Shore, and they operated for a while on the North Shore. And, and Tommy, I think you have a presentation there that uh, shows a little bit of performance or all, uh, what, we, what we actually did. I got this from the, the uh, leader of that club. And uh, they they made quite a few contacts. You can see the boat there on the on the lake. You can actually get rides on that boat. In fact, they'll take you out. This is the operating position on the top left here at the uh, boathouse on the uh, south shore of Lake Pontchartrain. And then they came and joined us at our docks restaurant on the north shore at the bottom right there. Had quite a few people operating oh, on wow. both days. But they used your real name there. <laughs> they got my yes. <laughs> hmm. They didn't use yes. your cheap old name. Not my cheap name. I That's was looking. I was looking for call. COM up there. Yeah. You know they work thirty-five states. Quite a few contacts, and you know some of the the other ships all throughout the country are on a lot are on the air here, and so we hit six other ships that were out there oh, yeah. uh forget how many total there were i think that's somewhere it was a bunch there's uh there's one more canada contacts up there and so we will represent that pt305 that they rebuilt down here yeah what is that uh right above texas <laughs> <laughs> looks kind of funny there <laughs> it's a it's a see-through oklahoma and texas <laughs> oh there we go oh there it is <laughs> well, that that changes everything I was going to say, what did you guys do in Texas and Oklahoma? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, half the, uh, the east Wiped it is off the missing. Map. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, and that's the last one. And in all uh, seriousness, though, those, those um, you know, there's lots of history here on uh, World War II. In fact, uh, the landing craft right in Normandy, the Higgins landing craft, were... Uh, uh, fact, you know, built down here and tested also in the, in Lake Pontchartrain. Uh, my grandfather was a chief in the Navy, and he actually, that was his job, to go test them and make sure they were seaworthy. So it was, uh, it's really a neat thing. Yeah, I, I have not been to the museum. I've driven past it, but I didn't have time to, to go when I was down there that trip. I, I really need to go look at it. My father was in World War Two, and... Uh, you know, I I don't think he ever got to to go down to the museum though and yeah. see it. Uh, yeah, a lot of history, and you know, so they call that the greatest generation because they really um, they stepped up yeah. to the plate back no doubt. then. Yeah, we owe those guys a lot. Certainly do. Well, I think. We are down to one final segment here, and this is not Hamvention. But it should be Cheap Old Man Compliant. It should be. 
And so those of you who have been to Hamvention in the past, and they haven't been there recently, well, they were there at the last time that Hamvention was at Darrow. Or not at Darrow, at Harrow. Harrow? Harrow. There was always a big tent there called Mendelssohn's that had a lot of surplus gear in yeah, it. Yeah, I love that place. That, there's a huge building in downtown Dayton that is Mendelssohn Surplus. I made it a point, because I arrived early on Thursday before Hambenchen. I had scheduled an appointment to meet with the owner there and take a tour because I had never been to that before. Joe Eisenberg had told me about it and said, you need to go there. Yeah. And so this year, I finally made it. This is, um, well, an interview with the owner and just a quick, well, roughly nine and a half minutes worth of looking around of Mendelssohn's. Now, I shot about an hour's worth of video, and I'm going to give you a link at the end of this to show where you can go watch it if you want to see the raw, unedited footage. There's no telling, um, well, I didn't edit it. I may have said the same thing over two or three times trying to get it right, but I didn't edit it and pick out the best one. It's just whatever it was for those hardcore folks who just want to go see what was there. And I didn't get to cover the whole thing, but let's just jump on into it, get a little taste here of Mendelssohn's. And let me tell you, you need to be going soon or you may not have the opportunity. This looks like the place I've been searching for. It's an entrance to Mendelssohn's. Hi, welcome to Mendelssohn's downtown Dayton. The elevator is the oldest manned elevator in the state of Ohio. It's the last one manned by a human being. Uh, the building is uh, was built in 1905, and we've been here ever since. I'm not that old, but uh, the building is older than I am. But uh, Mendelssohn's is uh, 600,000 square feet of merchandise on two city blocks. Uh, quite unique, uh, nothing like it in the world. I'm here with Sandy Mendelson of Mendelson. What do you call this place? Mendelson Liquidation in downtown Dayton. And you're the guys that have always had the big tent at Dayton Hamvention every year. Yes, sir. We were there. We started in years ago. We've been there every year except the last couple of years we haven't gone because it's, it's too much uh, to haul out there now. People are coming to the building and it's making it easier for us. Well, I, yeah, I can believe that. I, I went to your tent every year I've been, and huge place, one of my favorite places to look inside. So I wanted to stop by here and just shoot a little video today of exactly what you have. Someone had told me this was a huge place, but I don't think that fully described what I'm seeing here. you got a little bit of everything. There's nothing like in the world. People come from all the world to see this place. Uh, we started in 1960. We've been here in three other locations, and we keep buying stuff, bringing it in. And uh, Years ago, a lot of inventors and tinkers. Today, we don't have as much people work with their hands. No one's educated in electronics or electrical anymore. It makes it very, very hard for people to use this stuff. So we're right now just, just biding our time. So are you the uh, founder of the business? No, my dad founded in 1960. He died in 63, and I took over. I was 19. And so, how did he get started? He just had the idea that we should get this liquidation stuff and sell it off? 
No, we started by working through Jesse, and the government was very big here in Dayton, Ohio that time. My dad started buying from the federal government liquidation, and we kept buying all kinds of merchandise, and and they just kept growing, growing. Then it was NCR, General Motors, every company in the area we bought from, and we're selling their surplus. Kept growing and growing and growing. Now it's uh, grown to as far as it's going to go now. <laughs> so this building was originally something else. What was in here? This was Bosch Kettering, the man who invented the starter building. He started in 1905, and we bought it in 1980, and we've been here ever since. And I noticed a Delco lofts over here next door. Was Delco in this area too? They were. That was actually the Dayton Electronic Products. That was the name of the uh, company. That was our building too. We sold that, and they put 105 apartments in there. And it filled up in one month after they got them done. And that's what we're looking to do here, put apartments in here. Uh, it's, it's time to retire, for me to retire and go on to the next phase of my life. How much longer do you plan to have the business here? Probably another year at the, at the best. So I better get what I want right now. Everyone better get what they They'll never find this anywhere else in the world. No one's dumb enough to own this much stuff except me. <laughs> well, you know, being hams, we like to collect a lot of junk and um, well, this would be a great place. I, I, my suitcase is only half packed, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna see what I need here, and I'll probably get some stuff I don't need too. You know, that's how it goes. It's more fun when you take stuff you don't need, then your wife throws you out of the house when you come home with. This is a inventor's paradise. Inventor, inventors, tinkers—they don't know what they want. They want to touch this, touch that. Everything here can be touched. We don't have a catalog. You walk, you look, you, we haggle, we'll make deals. But it's a, it's, it's a fun place. This is the booth we used to take Dayton Hamfest at Air Arena, and it makes it much easier. People know what's here. It's all kinds of parts for radio, TV, hobbyists, engineers, tinkers, inventors. A big customer we have is movie studios. They're coming by a lot of stuff for props. We're designing all these crazy movies they're doing today. Well, a lot of... Uh Good little parts there that you can't hardly find anymore. That's exactly right. But no one knows how to build anymore. The building days are over. The new millenniums don't build. They they Twitter. And this is not Twitter stuff. This is building stuff. So it's a new world coming. Well, I'm going to wander around a little bit and see what you've got here. I appreciate you taking the time out and talking with me a little bit. I'll be here in there two hours. Take your time. Look around. All right. Thanks, Sandy. You're welcome. Ten dollars a piece. These are huge capacitors. I haven't even looked at the value on them. Let's see what they are. Thirteen thousand five hundred microfarads at fifteen volts. Wow, that would work good in your power supply, wouldn't it? Or a, a Scala Yagi antenna. Haven't seen one of those in a long time. That's a very heavy-duty commercial model. A lot of wire. I, I could use some more wire. I may have to get some of this. Connectors. Wow. Electrical outlets. 
Does anyone need any crystals? Wow. Drake, 12 megahertz. There's some good stuff in here. You guys better get here while it's still open. DB37s. Hate sink assortment. Now we're entering the tube room. Wow, old Tektronic CRTs. It's kind of dark in here. If they don't have the tube you need here, I don't think you'll find it anywhere. More CRTs. This looks like some good new old stock stuff here. There's an old patch panel. Resistors. Bearings, I probably need to pick up a new spurving bearing. Wow, metal stock. Now that's a motor. Hmm, a lot of audio connectors and a lot of switchcraft in this. That whole row is crimp terminals. You could not fully get the scope of how big that place was from that little video there. Well, I know one of those where you showed down the aisle. I couldn't really see like an no. end to the aisle. It no. looked like it just I, went I was on just forever. thinking, just thinking the same thing, Tommy. You pointed the camera down that aisle, and it just looked like a. There was no end. No, there wasn't. At least I never the found trench. it. Now, seriously, that that's just a tiny fragment of what I saw, and I only probably saw a third of the thing. Wow. It, it is huge, and... Uh, I think they're going to be gone, man, because I, I used to love to get stuff from there. Oh, yeah, me too, and I hate I hate to see it go, too. But if you want to see the, um, well, the interview that we just watched, plus my B-roll, 
which I said I don't really know what's in it I just kind of rendered it out it's posted at this link right here on the bottom of the screen and I'll post this around the social sites as well where you can find it but I just uploaded it to YouTube there so if somebody is really patient um, you, you can go watch it or you can watch as much or as little of it as you want and I didn't really stop and look at things and talk about them in depth. It was just, the place is just so huge, man, I was overwhelmed. Yeah. Did uh, you find parts for your uh, turbo encabulator? Well, I, f I found those spurving bearings. You know, that's that's what I mentioned there. But. Those are hard to come by. <laughs> Mike, Mike caught on to that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. But, uh, man... As he said, it you know probably may not be there another year. And off camera, we were talking about it, and he said probably what's going to happen is they're just going to bring in the grinders and grind up all the stuff that's in there for oh, surplus. Oh. That is a real shame. Wow. Um, but I mean, what else can you do? With it? It's too much. Yeah, that's a lot. But boy, I you know I wish I had known about it earlier, and had visited it in years past. You wouldn't even be able to walk in this studio now. There would be so much stuff that I had brought back from there. And uh, yes, Don, it is going to be posted on um, the ALTV YouTube channel, so that'll be an easy way to find it right there. Uh, it's not really a regular show. It's just it's just what it is. B roll. Well, it's pretty cool. Glad you got to go. I, oh, I am too. Because if I hadn't gone this year, I'd never had the opportunity to, and mm -hmm. I'd, I've never seen anything on that scale before. That's the stuff we recorded at Dayton, and when we were at Hamvention, we saw a lot more than this. But you know, um, we don't record the whole thing. We go look around a little bit, and then pull the cameras out, shoot a little bit, and then put them up and look around a little more. Oh and, yeah. I will say I probably looked around and shopped around and stuff more this time than I think I have at any of them I've been to. Mm, maybe. I don't know. Um, we certainly could have shot a lot more video than yeah. we did. But, you know, we've, we had two-hour shows, so we really didn't need any more. We try to mix it up a little bit and not always do the same same things. And if somebody else is covering something, we probably... Won't cover yeah. that too, just so that you can, you know, you got a little more variety out there. But that's what we did this year, and I hope you enjoyed watching it. It's been a lot of fun. Emil, um, boy, really nice event you had down there. And I don't, I'm not going to promise I'm going to make it down to the uh, Slotel event you've got coming up there soon, yep. but I might. I'm on. I'm going to try to. I've got it on my calendar. I do too. And I've already made arrangements, with, uh, well, somewhat arrangements, tentative arrangements. I'm planning on being there if something doesn't happen. Yeah, you guys know that um, we have in both that, not only the W5 SLA Ham Fest, yeah. but also the uh, Central, what is the name of that? Central Electronics. Yeah, Central Electronics. Um, I forget what the name of the show is, the cons uh, consortium where they're talking about all kind of you know, the older radios, the invention of single sideband, or not the invention, but the uh, proliferation of it through mm -hmm. central electronics gear and 
you know, I think Bob Hall is scheduled, I believe, to give a yeah. talk, and so is a few other people, yeah, cool. myself included. So, oh, oh you're going to give a talk, and you know what it's going to be on? Well, I don't think it's the cost expenditures under control. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> it's it's your fault, Tommy. That's the theme. Uh-huh. Mike said this is the theme of this show. It's Tommy's fault. Oh, it's the uh, SDR play. Awesome. Okay. So we're going to be a little bit of a touch of new during the you know the symposium of uh, the boat anchors. Cool. That'll be a good mix-up. Yeah. Yep. Well, we've added another social network here since we last spoke with you folks, and people have been asking for this. They have. Some some people have like asked a lot. We almost got we tackled did. and. We did. At Hamvention. I wasn't going to bring that up, but it's, <laughs> but it's a true story. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, a lot of people don't like, uh, don't trust Facebook and don't like Twitter. And they wanted another option for finding out when we're going to be shooting shows and just yeah. kind of to be part of a community. And so. we've got it now. We've got, as a matter of fact, we're back to three different social platforms that you can four. find us on. Actually, four if you count Instagram. Yeah, I didn't count it. Did you post any photos to it? While we were at Dayton, I yeah. did. You did? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, see, I forgot to count it. Four. Four. But anyway, the the ones that are probably most active are facebook.com slash group slash amateurlogic.tv, and you can follow us. At Amateur Logic or at Ham College on Twitter. And the new one that, uh, fortunately here, our vice president of everything else just <laughs> signed us up for email in the last few days, groups.io. Yep. Uh, so we're there at the link at uh, Amateur Logics, the group name. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to get notified about when the shows are going to be coming out, there, there'll be some other chatter on there as well. Yeah, um, but subscribe to that, and you'll get an email notification if you have it set to send yeah. individual emails. Uh, if you get it set to send a digest or a summary, then you're only going to get one email a day. So, yeah, I'm not sure if that'll be timely enough for well, you. Well, which we'll try usually in a, at least a day or two, or sometimes several days in advance to let you know yeah. that. Give you a little heads up. Yeah, but uh, there so, you go. So, George, are you saying that? AmateurLogic.tv and Groups.io is Tommy's fault? <laughs> uh, no, I'm just saying the Groups.io is. Okay. I actually started that, the Amateur Logic Facebook group, too. That and my purchase of an SDR play. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason gasoline prices are high. <laughs> and you did the Twitter, too, didn't you? I did. I think I did fault. the Google Plus, and we see where that went. <laughs> you're not allowed to start any more social groups yeah uh but anyway there's there's uh you know if you want to see what's going on throughout the month that's that's where you can find us and a, a community of some of the viewers and friends of the show here and we try to let you know in all these places what's yeah. what's going on you know what sure i was going to like the groups thing at the because it's just was seemed like just a mail list thing, kind of, but it, it's actually pretty cool. I'm kind of just growing on me. I'm yeah. kind of starting to like it. We've only been on it, what, 
three days. Three days. Three days. So we're still learning the ropes there, and yeah, people are joining up. So oh yeah, should be should be a fun community there. And what else? Well, we want to mention our wiki. You can get the show notes. Our friend Dan and non LVS does this amateurlogic.tv slash wiki. That's a mouthful. Slash wiki. Yep. We thank Dan for doing that and uh, putting those show notes up after every show. Hey, somebody just subscribed just now. I think I heard that. Yep. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so, if you want to watch Amateur Logic, where can you do it? Give me, give me one, um, one place there, Emil. One choice. Uh, I seem to remember it being available on the Roku, right? It is, and that is a very popular method it, to it watch. It is. It sure, sure is. Uh, I'm not, give me another choice there, Tommy. Well, you know, we're on we're on uh, YouTube. We are. As well. Uh, we're on iTunes or whatever Apple's calling it this week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see. You can, They're you can download it. They're talking about killing iTunes. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, so we'll see how that works out. You can actually download episodes as well or watch them, you know, straight from our archives. Just go to amateurlogic.tv and uh, the HD quality and as long as well as uh, a lower quality and a podcast version are there mm-hmm. as well for those who just want the audio while they're driving or whatever. Yeah, and you know, I wasn't sure many people were going to do that, but there were people a lot commenting more. that... Yeah. Uh, at Dayton about how they, they do that. They listen yeah. to the audio portion of it. And I ask them, that, well, you know, we never stop and think about the audio. Does, does Is there enough there? Because we're talking about the pictures and things, you know, and, and playing videos. And they say, yeah, you can follow it pretty good. Yeah. So uh, big surprise on that one. Yeah. So Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> well... Before we get out of here, uh, we do want to mention, let's see, the next episode of Ham College. That'll be coming up at the end of the month. We haven't set a date yet, but um, check one of those. Well, check one of these right here, and and we'll let you know on there. I would say it'll probably be somewhere close to around the 28th. Yep. More than likely. And next weekend, what should every good ham be doing, Tommy? You should get your gear together, go outside, and uh, participate in field day activities. Or inside. Or inside. Yeah. But uh, it's all about testing your gear out for emergency preparedness. Mm -hmm. Yep. Practicing your your setting up your gear and deployment. And uh, what else, Emil? Shoot. uh, You know... Learn something, right? Or do something you've never done before. Uh, yeah. Or actually, you know, a lot of people look at it as a uh, contest and stuff. But you know what? I've learned so much just by looking at what other people are doing and and uh, you know listening and yep. learning. That's what it's about for me. And also teach someone else something. There's there'll uh, be new what people I was there waiting for. Bring yep. bring somebody with you. Show them what it's about. Yep. Show what the hobby's and, about, uh, sure. You know, answer answer questions for people or, you know, if if you don't understand something, you're new, ask the question. Generally, there's going to be some ham that's willing to to answer questions for you and kind of help mentor you along and 
get you rolling in the hobby. And that's one great thing about the hobby. But our plan is right now, I've already picked out a site. I don't have the photo here with me. But we've got a great site out in the woods. If the rain doesn't mess it up for us, we have a primo wooded location site off the grid. And, Emil, we've got three bars of LTE there, so we'll actually have internet at a field day site again, which we haven't always had. But And it's a, it's a little higher elevation, so that'll be good as well. And I assume you're going to, um, I don't know, where are you going? Yeah, we, we're going to hit the club this year over in Slidell. Um, you know, we always have stations um, inside some of the people in the chat room. Oh, in right. fact, uh, Glenn, and, uh, you know, we have stations outside, stations inside. We work different hours and uh, usually eat some foods. And like you said, we get learnt. Yep. That's where we're hoping to go. Hey, there's a deer stand there. If, it, if the field day stuff doesn't work out, we can go hunting. Yeah. And, he, you know, there's not a lot of undergrowth there. So Wayne and I are maybe going up there tomorrow and doing a little clearing out but we just don't know about the weather that is not a gravel road that uh, has just been a bulldozer through there grading that out and repairing the road because they're they're doing some logging back in there so there's a good chance we're going off the grid again we certainly hope so if the rain doesn't prevent it that's where we hope to be and it's much better looking site really than we've had in the past i think so mm. Anyway, that is our plan, but we're going to be on the air somewhere during field day. You should be, too. Well, any final words or thoughts tonight? No. Which uh, call sign are we going to use for field day? We hadn't discussed that yet. We need to figure that out. Well, we'll, maybe we'll post that on one of the social media things. Oh, you mean one of these social media things right here? Those right there? Yeah. So, uh, anyway. Which are all Tommy's uh, fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, my only comment is uh, get out there at field day, and I hope to hear you guys on the air. Yep. Email. And ladies. Oh, yeah. Well, I did. I have. I had a special a special request from my buddy, uh, uh, Nigel. You, you guys remember Nigel? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think he had his, uh, um, he couldn't make it, but he was in the chat room before anybody showed up. Around 730-ish, I was in there. And he uh, asked to give a shout out to his Lady Jewels 2E0JBP. Say happy birthday. So, besides that, I'm going to tell everybody keep it cheap. Okay. <laughs> WWED. Yeah. And I guess uh, I've probably already said everything that I was going to say as final closing words anyway. Now, uh, get on the air for Phil Day this weekend, or next weekend, excuse me. And and have a good time. Even if you don't set up something yourself, find a club in the area and just go visit them and see what they're doing. And Jen, for those of you that are watching the taped version of this, field day is the 22nd, ends on the 23rd of June. So, And it's 1 p.m. Well, no, I'm not sure what time it is. Well, it, well for us, I think it's 1 to 1. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Central Daylight Time. Yeah, so anyway, uh, just want to make sure that was clear for anybody that's watching the tape version. Yeah. Not that we used tape. We did. 
We used to. We, this we this be. show was so old when we started it. We were recording on tape. That's true. Man. Yep. And and back in the fifties, we were on film, and my beard had color in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks for being here, everyone, and uh, join us around the middle of next month uh, for another Amateur Logic, and we'll show you what we did on field day. Seven three, everybody. You know, if my old camera recorder still works, we should do one episode on VHS. No. Well, I'm going to stop the recording.